Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. All right, I'm excited about this new series that we're starting this morning called Power Up. How many of you like upgrades? Yeah, I do too. Sometimes I like them too much. My phone is perfectly normal, yet I want a new one, <laughs> right? Or maybe the refrigerator still works, but you saw that nice one that like has a TV on it. Like why in the world would someone need a TV on their refrigerator? I mean, my goodness. Uh, but we like upgrades, don't we? <laughs> we do. If you have one, there's no judgment here. Just a little bit of questioning. Um, sometimes we get stuck in our spiritual life, right? Sometimes we just feel like we hit this plateau uh, and the Lord has things for us or power-ups that help us get past these plateaus. Um, You know, it's it's funny. I I like power tools. I'm not known to be a very... uh, you know, handy guy, but, but when I do actually do something, uh, it's nice to have a power tool that makes the job easy, right? I mean, you guys I brought here this morning, you know, you guys know what this is. This is a rake. This rake has had uh, a lot of use at my house. It looks like it caught fire on the end there. I have no idea what happened to that. I don't know what's happening. Maybe one of the kids had a pyro moment. But um, so this is a rake, right? You, you rake leaves, you rake pine straw, and it works, right? Actually, I liked this rake a lot um, because it gets the job done. Not the house that we live at now, but when we first moved to Thomasville, we had a yard. Oh my goodness, we had so many trees and we had so many leaves and, and pine straw. You remember that, babe? It was, it was ridiculous. And as soon as you rake the backyard, Like literally the next day, it's just covered again. It was awful and I hated it. And so I moved. Um, And (laughs) and the next house, I was like, I want you to take down every tree, every single one, Um, because I don't like that. But a rake works, but this is a leaf blower, right? You ever use one of these? It's great. You just turn it on and Hey, and, and you just kind of blow the leaves away, and it's so much, can you feel that? Is that cool? You can, okay. Uh, and it's so much easier, it's, it works, just like that works, the rake works, but this works, it's got power. It's got a battery pack on it. So it, it does the same job, but it does it quicker, more efficiently, and you aren't striving as much. God has a lot of these upgrades, these power-ups for you. And that's what we're going to be doing this month, is looking at some of the different upgrades, looking at some of the different power-ups that he has. And today, we are talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, depending on how you were raised and what kind of church tradition you grew up in, for some of you, you hear about the power of the Holy Spirit, you're like, yes, the power of the Holy Ghost, finally, we're going to have church today. And then others of you, you grew up in tradition, you're like, we don't talk about that here, right? And there's so much misinformation and, and, and opinions and stuff when it comes to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has somewhat of a PR problem. 
I mean, people don't always know what do you mean by the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Are you talking about falling down and speaking in tongues? Or are you talking about the Lord, you know, giving us revelation about scripture? Or what are we talking about? And so I want to kind of break down for you a little bit this morning who the Holy Spirit is and and how he upgrades and gives us power-ups. Uh, and it's, I'm going to be using scripture. We're going to be looking at this this morning. Um, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is God. He's our interaction with God here on the earth. He's not last. You know, when we say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he's not last because he's of least importance. He's last because that's the chronology, the order in which we became um, used to and, and interacted with the Father. I mean, the Holy Spirit was there, second verse of Genesis. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. But it wasn't until after Jesus died and resurrected and the veil was torn that the Holy Spirit was released to be among us like he is now in the new covenant. And so when we say, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, we're just, we're, we're talking about the order in which they were revealed to humankind. The Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. He is a being, not a thing. Have you ever heard someone refer to the Holy Spirit as like an inanimate object? You know, like the, the, like the Holy Spirit was there, man. It was, it was really moving. It. Like, like he's a, like an air conditioner or something like wind blowing. And that's what the word spirit means. It means wind or breath. So, so we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. Now, let me just say, I do not have time. This is one sermon in many about our upgrades and power-ups this month. I don't have time to like go into all the nuances of who the Holy Spirit is, what he does. I did that in spring of 2018 with a series that was called Fresh Air. Okay, some of you may remember that. If you, I invite you, please go back on our website, on our app, um, on Facebook, if you can scroll for that long, or they'll make you a CD in the foyer. Uh, and, and make sure that you, we really slow down, pump the brakes, and talk about who the Holy Spirit is. What does he do? He does far more than most of us realize. Uh, and how we are to interact with him. And so I encourage you um, to go revisit that. It was spring of 2018, fresh air. I want to let you know this morning, though, that the Holy Spirit wants to be in you and on you. The Holy Spirit wants to be in you and on on you according to scripture. Now you know that when you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. But scripture actually describes an additional way to interact with the Holy Spirit, that he can be on you or upon you. We call this, it's often called baptism baptism in the Holy Spirit, or being filled with the Spirit, or receiving the Holy Spirit, right? Are y'all familiar with some of these terms? And so I want to look at a couple of scriptures. First of all is Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, were his disciples believers? Yes. Yeah, they believed in him. They were already saved. But he says, but there's an additional experience. There's an additional type of interaction that you can have with my spirit um, and and he, you will receive power, and he will come. He's already in you, but he'll come upon you at that point. 
Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7, is about 20 years after um, Jesus said those words. About 20 years later, and the Holy Spirit is, is moving among uh, not only the Jews, not only the Samaritans, but now among the Gentiles, and it's really kind of blowing everyone's mind. Because the Jews at the time thought that Jesus was only their Messiah. They didn't realize yet that he was the Messiah and the Savior of the entire world. So they're kind of wrapping their heads around how this works. And so the Lord releases the gift of the Holy Spirit in stages because sometimes you've got to slow down to bring people along with you, right? So he says, all right, we're going to introduce the Holy Spirit to you on the day of Pentecost. And that was just for the Jewish people. And then uh, later he, he does the Samaritans who were half Jewish, half Gentile. And then later he releases the Holy Spirit among the Gentiles, It's Acts chapter 10. The Samaritans was Acts chapter 8. And then even farther down the road, we read where he is still filling people with the Holy Spirit. So let's just look at this instance, Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, he was another missionary. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Okay, hard question. Are these people believers? Yeah, I just said they were believers. Okay, good job. You're listening. He found several believers. Verse two, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Okay, now he wasn't asking them if they were saved because it already says that they are believers. And we already know that as believers, they had Holy Spirit in them, right? So he's not asking, are you saved or do you have Holy Spirit in you? He's asking, do you have Holy Spirit on you? Right? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there, what are you talking about, dude? Holy what? What do you, what do you mean? And so he begins to explain it to them. They say, uh, he, Paul goes, so what baptism did you experience? He asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. So John the Baptist, you remember, came before Jesus. He's dunking people in, in, the, in the Jordan River. And, and he's, it's, he's a precursor to the Messiah. And he's saying, hey, dude, repent because the kingdom of heaven is coming near, right? And then Jesus came and Jesus himself was baptized. But that was not in itself the, the final baptism that we were to experience. So Paul goes, uh, so what, what baptism did you experience? They, he asked, they said the baptism of John. Paul says, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as a matter of fact, uh, John the Baptist said, he, the one coming after me, will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Right? Do you remember that? And so um, it says, as soon as they heard this, verse 5, they, these believers, were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wait, what does that mean? That means they were water baptized. Okay, that's what water baptism was called, the baptism in the name of Jesus. You can see it all throughout Acts, all throughout Scripture. Whenever they say baptized in the name of Jesus, they mean water baptized. We're going to have a water baptism in a couple weeks, right, on the 21st. If you haven't been water baptized since becoming a believer, you should. All right, it's an important part of, of your faith. It's coming into agreement with your own death and resurrection. And so, so then he goes... As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Again, he was already in them, came upon them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Verse 7, and there were about 12 men in all. So we see here, there's an additional interaction with the Holy Spirit. It's clear. It's not salvation. It follows salvation. Just like you don't get water baptized and then get saved, 
right? You get saved and then water baptized. In the same way, you get saved and then you get spirit baptized. It follows salvation. It's a separate experience. They're all related. It's all interactions with God, but it is a separate experience. So why is there an additional interaction with the Holy Spirit? Well, because one is about your relationship with God and the other is about your relationship with others. Your relationship with God and your relationship with others. See, the Holy Spirit in you gives you salvation. But the Holy Spirit on you gives you power. Gives you power. It's an upgrade. It's a life hack. It's a spiritual life hack. And it's second, secondary from salvation because God doesn't want you to get confused between his love for you and your work for him. Right? We don't work to get saved. We work because we are saved. Salvation is by faith through grace, right? In Jesus Christ alone. Not because of works. But once we get saved, we do good stuff. It's the evidence that we have been saved. And so he wants to empower you to help others and to do stuff, but he doesn't want you to think that your ministry has anything to do with why he saved you. He saved you because he loves you. Are y'all with me this morning? Some of y'all just looking at me like, uh, okay, cool. So wipe the drool and let's keep going. Holy Spirit on you gives you power. Luke 24, 49, Jesus again before. By the way, Luke also wrote Acts. There are like two volumes of the same big book. It's investigative journalism. He, he, in, he in, uh, interviewed people. And ask them, okay, tell me, about, tell me about Jesus. What happened? And then he, tell me about the early church. And sometimes in the book of Acts, you'll hear the, the language stop saying, you know, Paul did this, Paul did this. He'll say, we did this, we did this. Because Luke actually traveled with Paul some. And so, that, that's, so that's the story of Luke and Acts. It's the same author, same thing. It's just in two volumes. So Luke is recording what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, I am sending the promise of my father Upon you. Oh, there's that word upon, not in you. They're already saved at this point. Stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. I love the word clothed because, you know, you don't get dressed by accident. Right? Like you guys, you know, some of y'all didn't do necessarily the best job, but you tried to put on clothes this morning. You didn't like trip and fall into your closet. And, hey, I got a shirt on now. Right, you have, to, you have to try. You have to, there's got to be something that you do to make sure that you get clothed. So it says you need to be clothed from power on on high. Now, from, from, uh, with power from on high. Now, notice, <laughs> notice it's not your power that you're clothed with. It's his power that you're clothed with. So your power can only get you so far. His power is the power that you need to be victorious and successful as a believer in Christ. Now, the word power, you may have heard this before. In Greek, it's dunamis. It's the word dunamis. is where we get our word dynamite. Uh, the English word dynamite came from the Greek word dunamis. It's power. It's explosive. It's, it's, it, it makes a difference. I've heard it said, the Holy Spirit is in me for me, but he's on me for you. Your salvation helps you, but your empowerment helps others. See, God wants to save you because he loves you, but he wants to empower you because he loves others. See? And he wants to use you to reach others. So let's talk about what kind of power does the Holy Spirit make available to us? What kind of power does the Holy Spirit give? Unfortunately, all too often, when people think about the power of the Holy Spirit, they think it's power to be weird in church. You ever been to that church? 
And look, I, I have no problem with a lot of the, you know, someone wants to laugh, someone wants to cry, someone wants to, you know, fall when they're prayed for, and people are like, why did they fall? I'm like, because they couldn't stand, you know. I, two objects come in, in contact with one another, the greater one is going to probably knock down the other one. To me, it's just not, I don't, it doesn't offend me. We don't judge a tree by how it shakes in the wind. We judge a tree by its fruit. So, so I, I get there's, there's some weirdness and, and all that. And we're not gonna, we talk about that in the series, the Fresh Air series I talked about earlier. But the power that he gives you, there's an internal power for you and there's an external power for others. And I just want to kind of go through those two things real quick. There's way more the Holy Spirit does, but we're talking about upgrades, right? We're talking about uh, power-ups, this series. And so I want to show you two specific types of power that the Holy Spirit gives. And the first one is the power to change. You ever just felt like you just, you can't change? Leonard Skinner wrote a song about that. Oh Lord, I can't change. And then one of the best guitar solos ever. Y'all are like, I don't listen to secular music. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on. No, it's this idea. There's this idea that we can't change. You know, this is just the way I am. I guess this is how it'll always be. That is not a biblical concept. It's not. Just because you have certain tendencies and and, and proclivities and, and all that kind of stuff doesn't mean that you're stuck like that. The Holy Spirit gives you power to change. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The lust of the flesh being sins, the things that we want to do that are wrong because they hurt us, right? And so the prescription for that is not try harder, your power. The prescription for that is Holy Spirit, his power. It's not about trying harder, it's about dying to yourself and letting the Holy Spirit take control of your life. The New Living Translation, it says, walk, of the, walk in the Spirit, it says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. If you're going to let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, that means you have to be in some sort of relationship with him, right? And this is why the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He's in you, right? But he comes upon you to empower you so that you can change. Yes, you can overcome that sin that plagues you, you guys. That thing you keep coming back to over and over. You can overcome that, not on your own, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, you've heard the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is simply the evidence that you've come in contact with the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit. It's the evidence. It's the byproduct of you being in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right? The byproduct of you being in relationship with your hairdresser is that your hair gets cut. <laughs> there's, there's, like, there's a visible evidence that you came in contact with someone. Well, in the same way, when we yield our lives to the Holy Spirit, to God on earth, then we're empowered for change. He's not going to necessarily cut your hair or change your hair color, although that'd be kind of cool. I can tell you've been with the Lord. Your hair is blue. No, but he's going he's to help you change those things. As Hebrews says, the sin that so easily besets us. Ephesians 2.13, it says, work out your, 12, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You've heard that before. Notice it says, work out your salvation, not work at your salvation, right? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for God is working in you, 
giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, it's God's job to change what's inside of you, and it's your job to get that change on the outside of you. It's the maturity process where we grow up. He changes us. You know, the moment you receive Christ as your Savior, you are a new person, right? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But you got to get that new that's inside on the outside. And it takes some time, right? It takes some time as we grow in Christ. God's power, I love this. He says he's giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Have you ever, I hope y'all are willing to get honest this morning. Have you ever just woke up and you're like, I don't want to do my devotional. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to listen to Christian music. I don't want to love my neighbor. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You ever done that before? You ever had those days? Maybe this morning. Okay, guess what? God's power is at work giving you not only the power to do, but the desire to do the right thing. He can change your want to. I don't want to. Submit your want to to him. He can change that. But the key is you're yielding. You're yielding to him. You're walking with him. Your relationship with him. He's giving you the power and the desire to do what he's asked. Look, you can change, not in your own power, but in his power. You can change. You can. But you're going to have to do it his way. You know what I found about God changing us? It often takes longer than I want it to. But when he does change you, you're changed. You know what I mean? Like it's done. When I try to change myself, I can put on a good front and be like, all right, I got this. I'm great. Okay, we're good. But it doesn't last very long. I want permanent change that comes from him. Amen? So the other power that we get from the Holy Spirit, which is internal, the power to change, the other power is external, and that's the power to minister. The power to minister. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, right, is given for the common good. You know, when we say minister, like people say, oh, Jamie's a minister. And what they mean is that I'm a pastor, right? That's like my my job is to pastor this church. But do you know I am not the only minister in this room? Every single one of you, if you are in relationship with Christ, if you are following Jesus, if you've been saved and you are being saved, then you are a minister. You're a minister. You might not have the little cute sticker on the back of your car. You've seen clergy sticker on the back. You've seen those before? I try to, never mind. Um, Try to run them off the road is what I was going to say. But why would I say that? Um, It's just a joke. (laughs) Usually. So, so the Holy Spirit gives you power not just to change internally, but to make a change externally. 
to make a difference, right? And he does this through spiritual gifts. And again, I cover this in detail. We also talk about this in our 101 and 102 courses. But these spiritual gifts are what the Lord does in our lives so that we can minister in a way that we otherwise couldn't. These spiritual gifts is where the Lord takes your natural, adds his super, and you can walk in the supernatural. Not because of you, because of his power. It's a power-up. It's something that you couldn't do without him. So we're told in Scripture to desire spiritual gifts, to desire this stuff. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love. And desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Paul's trying to correct some abuses in the Corinthian church. They're just all, you know, they've elevated the wrong spiritual gifts and they're out of order and their church services are crazy. He's like, man, someone walks into your church, they're going to think you're nuts. Look, look, have a little order. And he gives them practical steps on how to have order in the church service in 1 Corinthians 14. But he starts the chapter out and he says, look, pursue spiritual gifts. I'm not saying don't pursue them. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So you're saying, look, spiritual gifts are important. Just do them the right way. So we should desire to grow in our ministry. If you're comfortable with where you are in your ministry, that's not how it works. You're not doing it right. There's a growth process. There's a growth track that the Lord has you on, and you should desire spiritual gifts. You know, I've heard it said, I don't desire spiritual gifts, I desire the giver. Okay, like, I, like we should desire the giver more than the gift, absolutely. But that almost makes it sound like you shouldn't want spiritual gifts. I mean, imagine if I had spent like weeks preparing this like crazy elaborate gift for you and I'm like, all right, are you ready? I've got a gift. And you're like, no, Jamie, I don't want your gift. I just want you. It's like, I've spent a lot of time on this because I love you. This is an extension of me, Right? It's not like this holy idea to say, Lord, I don't want your gifts, I just want you. In him are his gifts, right? So it's okay to desire spiritual gifts. The other thing we should do is develop our spiritual gifts. We should develop our spiritual gifts. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Therefore I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. New Living Translation says, fan the flames. Stir up, fan the flames. That sounds like work. Sounds like you have to do something, right? The gift was originally given through the laying on of Paul's hands to Timothy, but then he tells Timothy, hey, you gotta steward this thing. You gotta maintain it. You gotta make sure that it's still doing what it's supposed to be doing. And so we should develop, don't don't just desire spiritual gifts, but develop your spiritual gifts. And then lastly, we see in scripture that we're to deploy our spiritual gifts, It's not enough to just have a spiritual gift or a ministry or a gifting or a calling or a purpose that God has given you, but you got to use it. First Peter 4.10 says, God has given to each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You know, you don't give a gift to yourself. Again, I wouldn't show up at your birthday party with a gift for you and then it's your, and then you take it and I snatch it out of your hand and open it. (laughs) He's mine. You give gifts away. Spiritual gifts are not for, not for the, the person that, that's doing it. It's for the other people who are receiving it. 
So we've got to deploy our spiritual gifts. Guys, if I can be honest, there are many of you that have giftings, callings, purposes in your life and they're lying dormant inside of you because you're too afraid to use them or you're using them on yourself. You got to deploy the gifts that he's given you. It's fine to desire spiritual gifts. You need to develop spiritual gifts, but then it's not enough to just have them. You have to deploy them and use them for other people. Your gifts of the Spirit are only as good as your fruit of the Spirit. In other words, your external power is only as good as your internal power. And vice versa. If you only have internal power, no external power, that's not enough. If you only have external power, not any internal power, that's not good enough. They work together. The fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit work together. Think of it like a sailboat. Uh, If the sail uh, on a sailboat is the gifts of the Spirit, your calling, your ability, what God's put in you, the fruit of the Spirit is the wind that makes it go. See, if you just have wind but no sail, it doesn't work. If you just have a sail but no wind, it doesn't work. The fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit work together, and unfortunately, too many Christians just choose one. I'm going to focus on the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to focus on the gifts of the Spirit. Do both. They're not mutually exclusive. No gifts of the Spirit, and you're powerless. No fruit of the Spirit, and you're loveless. You need both. They work together. And my question to you this morning is this. Are you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you received the power up? Have you received the upgrade? Not just Holy Spirit in you, but Holy Spirit on you. So that you can be who he's called you to be. You know, some of you guys, you're, you're in the backyard, you're raking. And the Lord's like, I have this great leaf blower I'd love for you to try out. But you're comfortable with raking. It's what granny did. It's what everyone else did. I was taught that those leaf blowers are scary. Come on. Come on. Are you walking in the power? It's an upgrade that, that the Lord wants for you to have. Why? Because it helps only you? No, because it also helps others. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. Let's respond to this. If you will, go ahead and close your eyes. It's, it's, it, I love it. I want us to respond whenever we hear the word. Because it's not enough. We need to get it from our head to our hearts. It's not enough just to understand it intellectually. We have to live it out. Ask the Holy Spirit. It's just you and him. You're not asking for anyone else. Ask the Holy Spirit, am I walking in the power up? In the upgrade? Holy Spirit on me. Am I walking in that, Lord? Or have I just been content to have Holy Spirit in me? What's the thought that you think when you ask that to the Lord? He's probably speaking to you in this moment. I want us to all invite the Holy Spirit to give us a power up this morning. If you will, I'm going to invite you to keep your eyes closed. This is just you and the Father, but I want you to lift your hands out like you're receiving a gift.
And if you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. I'm thankful that your Holy Spirit lives in me. But Lord, I know there's more. You have a purpose and a destiny for me. And I need a power up and an upgrade in order to get it done. So I receive the Holy Spirit upon me. Baptize me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be used by you in whatever way you see fit. My life is yours completely and totally. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.